Chapter Twenty Eight of Nan Sherwood at Pine Cap. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Nan Sherwood at Pine Camp by Annie Row Carr. Chapter Twenty Eight. THE GIRL IN THE HOLLOW TREE Just why old Toby Vanderwiller was clinging to that branch and did not try to wade ashore, neither Nan nor Tom could understand. But one thing was plain. The old lumberman thought himself in danger, and every once in a while he gave out a shout for help. But his voice was growing weak. Hey! Toby, yelled Tom, why don't you wade ashore? There ye be at last, hey? snarled the old man, who was evidently just as angry as he could be. Thought ye'd never come. Hearn, them horses, rattling their chains, must have been for an hour. That's stretching it some, laughed Tom. That tree hasn't been toppled over an hour. Huh! You can't tell me nothing about that, declared Toby. I was right here when it happened. Goodness, gasped Nan. Yup, and let me tell you, I only just escaped being knocked down when she fell. My, murmured Nan again. That's how I got inter this muck hole, growled the old lumberman. I jumped her dodge the tree and landed here. Why don't you wade ashore? demanded Tom again, preparing in a leisurely manner to cast the old man the end of a line he had coiled on the timber cart. Yeah, snarled Toby. Why don't Miss Smith keep pigs? Don't ask fool questions, Tommy, but give me hold on that rope. I'm afraid to let go the branch, for I'll sink, and if I try to pull myself up by it, the whole blamed tree'll come down onter me. You see how it's toppling? It was true that the fallen tree was in a very precarious position. When Toby stirred at all, the small weight he rested on the branch made the head of the tree dip perilously, and if it did fall, the old man would be thrust into the quagmire by the weight of the branches which overhung his body. Let go of it, Toby, called Tom accelerating his motions catch this he flung the coil with skill and toby seized it the rocking tree groaned and slipped forward a little toby gave a yell that could have been heard much farther than his previous cries but tom sank back on the top rope and fairly jerked the old man out of the merry hole scrambling on hands and knees toby reached firmer ground and then the road itself Nan uttered a startled exclamation and cowered behind the cart. The huge tree, groaning and its roots splintering, sagged down, and, in an instant, the spot there the old lumberman had been was completely covered by the interlacing branches of the uprooted tree. "'Close squeal, that,' remarked Tom, helping the old man to his feet. Toby stared at them both wiping the mire from his face as he did so. He was certainly a scarecrow figure after his submersion in the mud, but
but Nan did not feel like laughing at him. The escape had been too narrow. Guess the Almighty sent you just in time, Tom, my boy, said Toby Vanderwiller. He must have something more for the old man to do yet, before he cashes in. And little sissy, too. Har, Henry Sherwood's son and Henry Sherwood's niece. Reckon I owe him a good turn, he muttered. Nan heard this, though Tom did not, and her heart leaped. She hoped that Toby would feel sufficient gratitude to help Uncle Henry win his case against Jedney Raffer. But, of course, this was not the time to speak of it. When the old lumberman heard about the fire in the sawdust, he was quite as excited as the young folk has been. It was fast growing dark now, but it was impossible from the narrow road to see even the glow of the fire against the clouded sky. I believe it's going to open up and rain again, Toby said. But if you want to go on and plow me a fire strip, Tommy, I'll be a thousand times obliged to you. That's what I came this way for, said the young fellow briefly. Hop on, and we'll go to the island as quickly as possible. They found Mrs. Vanderwiller and the crippled boy anxiously watching the flames in the treetop from the porch of the little house on the island. Nan ran to them to relate their adventures, while Toby got out the plow and Tom hitched his big horses to it. The farm was not fenced, for the road and forest bounded it completely. Tom put the plow in at the edge of the wood and turned his furrows toward it, urging the horses into a trot. It was not that the fire was near, but the hour was growing late, and Tom knew that his mother and father would be vastly anxious about Nan. The young fellow made twelve laps, turning twelve broad furrows, that surely would guard the farm against any ordinary fire. But by the time he was done, it did not look as though the fire in the sawdust would spread far. The clouds were closing up once more, and it was again raining, gently, but with an insistence that promised a night of downpour, at least. Old Mrs. Vanderwiller had made supper, and insisted upon their eating before starting for Pine Camp, and Tom, at least, did his share with knife and fork, while his horses ate their measure of corn in the paddock. It was dark as pitch when they started for home, but Tom was cheerful and sure of his way, so Nan was ashamed to admit that she was frightened. Tell your dad I'll be over to Pine Camp to see him for many days, old Toby jerked out as they were starting. I got something to say to him. I have. Tom did not pay much attention to this, but Nan did. Her heart leaped for joy. She believed that Toby Vanderwiller's words promised help for Uncle Henry. But she said nothing to Tom about it. He only clung to his shoulder as the heavy timber cart rattled away from the island. A misty glow hung over the sawdust strip as they advanced, but now that the wind had died down the fire could not spread. Beside the road the glowworms did their feeble best to light the way, and now and then an old stump in the swamp displayed a ghostly gleam of phosphorus. Nan had never been in the swamp before at night. The rain had driven most of the frogs and other croaking creatures to cover, but now and then a sudden rumble, better go round, or knee-deep, knee-deep, proclaimed the presence of the green-jacketed gentleman with the yellow vests. 
"'Goodness me! I'd be scared to death to travel this road by myself,' Nan said as they rode on. "'The frogs make such awful noises.' "'But frogs won't hurt you,' drawled Tom. "'I know all that,' sighed Nan. "'But they sound as if they would. "'There, that one says, just as plain as plain can be. "'Throw him in! Throw him in!' "'Good!' chuckled Tom. And there's a drunken old rascal calling, Jug-a-rum, jug-a-rum. A nighthawk, wheeling overhead through the rain, sent down her discordant cry. Deep in a thicket, a whip-poor-will complained. It was indeed a ghostly chorus that attended their slow progress through the swamp at Pine Camp. When they crossed the sawdust tract, there was little sign of the fire. The dead tree had fallen, and was just a glowing pile of coals, fast being quenched by the gently falling rain. For the time, at least, the danger of a great conflagration was past. "'Oh, I am so glad,' announced Nan, impetuously. "'I was afraid it was going to be like that pale lick fire.' "'What pale lick fire?' demanded Tom quickly. "'What do you know about that?' "'Not much, I guess.' admitted his cousin slowly but you used to live there didn't you raff and i don't remember anything about it said tom in his quiet way raff was a baby and i wasn't much better marm saved us both so we've been told she and dad never speak about it oh an indian pete whispered nan he saved the whole of us dad and all he knew a way out through a slough and across a lake. He had a dugout. He got badly burned, dragging Dad to the boat when he was almost suffocated with smoke, Tom said soberly. "'Tisn't anything we talk about much, Nan. Who told you?' "'Oh, it's been hinted to me by various people,' said Nan, slowly. "'But I saw Injun Pete, Tom.' "'When?' "'He hasn't been to Pine Camp since you came.' Nan told her cousin of her adventure in the hollow near Blackton's lumber camp. Tom was much excited by that. Gracious me, Nan! But you are a plucky girl. Wait till Raff hears about it, and Marm and Dad will praise you for being so level-headed today. Aren't many girls like you, Nan, I bet. Nor boys like you, Tom, returned the girl shyly. How brave you were! "'Staying to put that old wagon-wheel out of the fire.' "'Ugh!' growled Tom. "'A fat time I'd have had there if it hadn't been for you helping me out of the oven. "'Cracky! I thought I was going to have my leg burned to a cinder.' "'That would have been terrible,' shuddered Nan. "'What would poor Aunt Kate have said?' "'We can't tell her anything about it,' Tom hastened to say. "'You see,' My two older brothers, Jimmy and Alfred, were asleep in the garret of our house at Pale Lick, and Marm thought they'd got out. It wasn't until afterward that she learned they'd been burned up with the house. She's never got over it. I shouldn't think she would, sighed Nan. And do you think she's awfully afraid of fire, even now, said Tom. They rattled on over the logs of the road. Here and there they came to bad places where the water had not gone down, and the horses were very careful in putting their hoofs down upon the shaking logs. However, 
it was not much over an hour after leaving the island that they spied the lights of pine camp from the top of the easy rise leading out of the tamarack swamp they met raff with a lantern halfway down the hill uncle henry was away and aunt kate had sent raff out to look for nan although she supposed that the girl had remained at the vanderwillers until the rain was over and that toby would bring her home there was but one other incident of note before the three of them reached the rambling house uncle henry had built on the outskirts of pine camp as they turned off the swamp road through the lane that ran past the Llewellyn cottage raff suddenly threw the ray of his lantern into a hollow tree beside the roadway a small figure was there and it darted back out of sight there shouted raff i knew you were there you little nuisance what did you run out of the house and follow me for margaret Llewellyn? he jumped in and seized the child dragging her forth from the hollow of the big tree he held her while she squirmed and screamed you let me alone raff sherwood let me alone she commanded i ain't doing nothing to you well i bet you are up to some monkey shines out this time of night said raff giving her a little shake you come on back home mag i won't declared the girl yes do margaret begged nan it's going to rain harder don't hurt her raff yeah you couldn't hurt her said raff she's as tough as a little pine knot and don't you forget it aren't you mag let me go repeated margaret angrily what did you chase down here after me for asked raff the curious i i thought maybe you was comin to hunt for something stammered the girl so i was for nancy here laughed raff thought twas something of mine said the girl let me go now she jerked away her hand and scuttled into the house that they were then just passing wonder what the little imp came out to watch me for queried raff after they had arrived at home and the excitement of the return was over after she and tom had told as much of their adventures as they thought wise and nan had retired to the east chamber she thought again about margaret and her queer actions by the roadside why that tree is there margaret hides her most precious possessions said nan suddenly sitting up in bed why what could it be she was afraid raff would find there why can that child have hidden something there that she doesn't want any of us to see late as it was and dark as it was and stormy as the night was she felt that she must know immediately what margaret Llewellyn had hidden in the hollow tree End of chapter twenty eight